dare great things for Christ. Christ calls us to dare great things. In the marketplace, as well as in the mission field, there has never been a time like the present for the spirit of the Catholic entrepreneur. Now is the time for men and women of great courage and great vision to engage our church and our culture. Now is the time to dare great things. And here is your host as we dare great things, Father Nathan Cromley, the president and founder of the St. John Institute. All of us want to be influential in our lives. We want to be successful parents, great business leaders, powerful leaders in our community. And we know that all of our influence flows from our actions and that all of our actions flow from our intentions and our desires. But intentions are not good enough. Great leaders know how to build on good intentions and make effective plans to really hit the mark. Our Catholic faith shows us this in many ways. And our faith can provide a priceless tool as we fight for vision. Welcome back, everybody. I'm glad that you're back with us as we try to go deeper in understanding how to effectively bear the influence of Christ in our world. And I'm sure you're all well aware, as I am, of the importance of this. But it's funny because at the same time as everyone knows that it's important to let God bear influence in the world, a lot of times people balk at the solution. I mean, the consequence of saying that God is going to influence our world is that you and I have lives that must become influential themselves. And this comes as a surprise for many people because they, we tend to think that faith is the sacred thing which is soft and warm and wonderful and best kept a secret deep down inside because the real lives that we have to live on the outside our lives that are dictated by well, whatever social standards are set by others. And so we go to church and maybe we say our prayers before meals and we have warm memories of the importance of faith back in history, but our modern world seems to be able to go on without it. And if we want to play a part in that modern world, we feel obliged to do so by our family life, our school life, right? And then our professional lives. Well, we end up playing it according to the rules set by that modern world itself. And little by little, the power of faith dwindles. And it seems like the culture, it sets its own pace, irregardless of religion. So that Christians are left in a quandary. We want to make the world Christian, but we look around wondering exactly how we're supposed to do it. Well, here's the answer to this. Uh, God will change the world through saints. This is how he's always done it. (laughs) And it's so funny because if you look at the Bible, so many of the saints, when called, look around to see if there's not a better option, right? Like, God, don't you have a plan B? You know, God calls Noah to build a boat in the middle of the desert, right? He calls uh, Moses at age 80, who has a speech impediment, to go and speak to the most powerful man in the world and to tell him to let go 1.8 million of his own slaves, God tells Abraham that even though he's sterile and an old man, he's going to have more children than there are sands on the seashore. Now, you know, you look at these things and every one of them fights with God and says, there's no way this can be. Isn't there another way to do it? But God chooses to save his people time and time again through leaders to influence the world by asking the members of the world to engage the world in his name. 
This is, this is the exact same thing he's doing with you. He's giving you the, the grace of baptism by which he configured you to his son. And he sealed you with Christ, the priest, prophet, and king with his holy oils called chrism. And when he anointed you after your baptism, he sealed into your soul that, that special sign that said everything that you do can become now an instrument by which God himself will do his work through you. You no longer live just alone. Now Christ lives in you by grace and extends through your actions and your decisions and your influence, his actions, his decisions, and his influence in the world. But the, the, the troubling thing about this for so many of us is it means that the God who made us without us won't save us without us. And that in fact, you are the answer that God wants to give to the problems of this world. Now, on the one hand, that can make us tremble. On the other hand, it ought to make us really excited because that means that our lives are far from inconsequential and that the anonymity in which so many people live is unnecessary. No one who is Christian is called to be anonymous. Every Christian has a name that is spoken by God. Wouldn't it be something if I actually lived like that was true? I mean, suddenly the, the, the places that we work would be places where we give God's gift to the world as his humble servants, right? And, and the businesses that we're building would actually become agencies of God's goodness and his response to the needs of the world. I mean, there's just no way to short sell this. Christianity makes every individual's life a life full of meaning, a meaning that is hidden in God himself. We might not be aware of that meaning. Other people not, might not be aware of the full meaning of our life. Our job is not to be aware of it or not. It's to give it by living life out loud and engaging ourselves in the spheres of influence that God has put us in as if it was our mission field. And the folks who do that are folks who lead. And so when we look at it, you know, and isolate this down and, and look at what that requires, the very first thing it requires from all of us is the aspiration or the power we have to dream. We talked about this in the previous class, right? We talked about how all action is rooted in a desire. The desire to attain something that we do not yet have. And that that desire is at the root of all the undertakings that push society forward, our businesses forward, our families forward, every aspect that we are forward. If you break someone's heart, you're going to dis destroy their ability to influence the world around them. And the devil goes right after that, which I think is why it's so beautiful to see in the rite of baptism how the church anoints the baby's heart. And when we do so, we say, be strengthened with the strength of Christ. Meaning we're literally giving every little baby who's baptized a lion's heart to persevere through life and never let go of that desire that they have for the great things, for God, for love, for eternity. Because where there's desire, there can be a way forward. But we know desire is not enough. And that's where I want us to look now at the intensity that Christianity bears on the importance of choice and of making a choice that is accurate and that's dead on to make the impact that we need to make in the world. Now, this is where a lot of us fail. 
A lot of us have the greatest of intentions, but we don't necessarily take the time to plan to find the way forward, nor do we always see that as important. Sometimes we can be filled with so much desire and so much intensity of love for God or for heaven or, or for the things of religion that we completely ignore the context that we're in. We make decisions that instead of advancing the cause of Christ can sometimes impede his work. This is why strategy is such an important aspect as it is in our businesses. So it needs to be also in our evangelism and in our faith. And I would like to, to flip that on his head and say, in the same way, as it is important in our evangelism and our faith, so it is also in our businesses and our pragmatic lives. The two go hand in hand. And I want to look at that more in this class. Would you like to hear more from Father Nathan? Join the St. John Leadership Network and receive a two-minute glance at the gospel every Sunday morning right to your phone. To learn more, go to www.stjohnleadershipnetwork.org slash member and join for free today. Okay, everybody, let's go back to the basics. Remember what we're talking about. Influence comes from actions. Actions come from desires that are then acted upon by effective choices. Okay, so we have the foundation, which is, of course, in our desires. And we know that it's going to flow to effective actions when we make good choices on how to implement our desires. It's not enough just to have good intentions. If we're going to make a good impact, we need to strategically choose the best way to use our resources in the circumstances in order to make the impact we desire. Now, just think about this in the world of business. It, it, it's obvious. This is what, what makes a business succeed or, it's fa- or it fails is a strategy, right? And remember, what is strategy? Strategy is a question of focus and choice. The ability to focus on the correct priorities and the ability to choose the best means to implement those priorities given the, the circumstances that you're in. Now, this is in the whole field of leadership, the most complex of the activities, right? Remember, there's four different fields of leadership. You've got the field of, of desire, of dreaming, then this field of visioning or of understanding. Then you've got drive where you engage your talents. And then you've got engaging others where you share and work on your team and collaborate. The most complex of them all is this ability to choose because in choice, you have to take into consideration both the nature of what you're trying to do and accomplish, which can be a complex in itself, and also the circumstances in which you find yourself actively. And that's a whole nother set of complexity, right? So if you have a plan, that's already complex enough. You have to be so aware already of everything that you need internally as a team in terms of what resources to implement in what way in order to create what product for what market, right? I mean, it's huge. And then you've got all the complexity of knowing your circumstances. And here, of course, there's always the great unknown. You know, who will leave my team? Who will join my team? What will happen in the geopolitical world? What will happen in, in my particular market? Uh, what, when is the right time to release this, this particular product? What is my competition doing? 
What will happen in my family circumstances? What will happen in my own health? With, with the unknowns that there are, you know, the best plan is the one that can shift, right? And, the, and that can be dynamic and change. But already just being able to put all that together and put it down on paper, that, that's quite an achievement in and of itself. I think we can understand why so many people struggle with strategy because an, an entrepreneur will do this instinctively and perform the thousands of operations necessary to create a strategy intuitively. And if they're good, well, they can run along for a long time like that. But as soon as the entrepreneur starts to build a business around him or her, well, suddenly other people need to share in that. And the, the thousand automatic intuitive decisions that form a strategy now need to be shared collaboratively and the whole process becomes even more complex. Right? And in family life, it's a very similar situation. I mean, just look at the, the complexity that's involved in trying to find a, a strategy, so to speak, even if it's not written down, but an, an intuitive strategy around how to raise each child. I mean, maybe a, a, one of the parents really gets what's going to help that child to advance. And, but then to share that with the other and to be on the same plane and to help make decisions, you know, about things like whether they should play baseball or go into Boy Scouts or whether or not they should be homeschooled or go to public school or go to Catholic school or, oh my goodness, all of those decisions that we need to make can become so daunting because they're so complex. And so the temptation will be to say, well, therefore, let's not really have a strategy. Let's just play it by ear. And sometimes, of course, that can be the answer because we intuitively are in a situation where intuition and sudden decisions can suffice. Maybe we're really good at that. But when it comes to, to being effective in the long term, a strategy is necessary because a strategy allows other people to collaborate in your idea. Having a desire and having a great action is one thing when you're all by yourself. It's quite another when you are responsible for an organization and therefore responsible for the impact that that organization is trying to make. So if you go back to the fundamental question, right? We want to make the influence of Christ known in our society. Well, look at your spheres of influence and say, okay, well, I've, I've got uh, the leadership of my family. That's an organization. And I'm in charge, therefore, of the influence of my business or of the teams that I lead there in, in, my, in my working world. And then I'm also in charge of things in, in my social realm, in the school and in the church and the clubs and the associations that I'm, that I'm involved in. And then I need to ask myself, well, what do I need to focus on and what do I need to choose to do in order to attain the, desired, the desires that I have? Remember that desires are only half the question. A vision is not just where I want to go. It's also having a pathway to get there. And that pathway requires focus and choice. And that means that the two poles that are going to guide me as I make my vision, the two things I've got to always lean upon are going to be on the one hand, awareness, and on the other hand, my ability to decide. And remember, these two poles are the same in business as they are in your personal leadership because they are two parts 
of the of who God made us as human beings and the human mind that God created for all decision. All decision will be in, in function of my ability to grow in my awareness and understand the circumstances that I'm in and understand what I'm trying to do and my ability to say yes to something in particular and no to the rest, okay? So we're gonna look at those two poles and, and try to develop them in the light of God's grace. But always remember what we're trying to do. I who am in charge of casting a vision, I need to balance my ability to grow in an awareness and an understanding of all the complexity that's involved and my ability to be able to affirmatively say, this is the plan I'm going with, which means no to the other plans. <laughs> and we can see how, how complex this is, how also it's easy for us to trip up. Because on the one hand, it's hard to take the time to sit and to really consider all of the circumstances. And on the other, boy, is it ever hard to say no to good things that could be possible. But that's where Christ comes in. And, and his grace is going to be there to strengthen our ability to do both. Would you like to start your Thursday mornings with a scriptural leadership lesson? Join the St. John Leadership Network, where Father Nathan hosts a 30-minute call at 6.30 a.m. in all four U.S. time zones. To learn more, go to www.stjohnleadershipnetwork.org member and join for free today. When we say that Jesus is the Savior of all humanity or the Redeemer of humankind, we're saying something very profound. It means that in him, we find humanity not fundamentally changed, but transformed by his grace to be restored to its original integrity and opened to a glorious future, right? But that restoration in Christ of our original humanity means that we who are Christians find in Christ our humanity's ability to decide and make decisions restored. And I say this as a word of hope, because a lot of people find making decisions to be one of the, the hardest things. I'm thinking of a, of a picture I saw, of a humorous picture the other day someone took of themselves in a grocery store, and they were laying face down on the ground as if overwhelmed and dead, you know, on the floor of the grocery store in front of all the decisions that they had to make. Right? Decision-making is wearisome, and we can even have decision-making fatigue, right? Because it's so hard to constantly take in stock the full risk of what we're doing. But Christ gives us this ability. He wants you to be someone who isn't afraid of strategy, isn't afraid of considering things, and isn't afraid of saying no to the wrong things and yes to the right things. But let's take a first look at how he transforms our ability of awareness. The, the, the awareness that we need as a leader is twofold. We need to be, number one, aware internally of everything that we need correctly to produce the correct things in order to attain our desired end, be those actions or be those products or services, depending on what type of leadership that we're involved in. But if we're in business, of course, it means making the right decisions about how to deploy the right resources in the right amount at the right time for the right objective with the right people, okay, right? There's a lot of awareness there, 
right? And, and, that, and so this is what Christians call the ability to consider our options. And I use that word on purpose because it's the Latin word considerium, which means literally to sit with, to sit with. The ability to sit with something and to ponder it is, is essential for leadership. I remember listening to a talk by Jeff Bezos, and you can think what you might like about Jeff Bezos, but he certainly has been successful in the world of business. And he was talking to, you know, senior international global executives with very high level. But he said, remember that you are being paid to make three or four decisions a week, right? So again, this could be not really applicable to most of us, but his point was well taken. He said, everything that you do, it's to be at your top of your game so that you can make those key decisions that upon which everything else depends. And you need the space and the time and the health and, and, and the ability of being relaxed enough to make those decisions well, right? Three or four decisions a week, right? So that's, of course, applicable to those very high-level executives. But it's, it says something to each one of us that focus and choice and the planning necessary to make those key decisions require the ability that we have to sit with something, to consider it, and taking the time to do that and asking the advice, the counsel of others on how they would best do this is, is really a key to successful strategizing, right? Knowing who to ask and how to take their advice. They said this about Pope John Paul II, that one of the most remarkable qualities that he had was that when you would go to meet with him, he'd spend most of the time listening to you before he would say what he'd have to say. Right? And, and what some of the greatest leaders epitomize this ability because having the more research that you have behind you, the more facets of the thing that you see, the more that you are able to make the best decision because you're most aware of the circumstances involved, right? And I think here where our faith comes in, because when you take your faith into the workplace or take your faith into your decision makings, you're taking the most authoritative and beautiful light that you can. I mean, how could we go wrong when we ask advice from God, right? Praying with our decisions, listening to what he writes in his holy scriptures, listening to what the wisdom of the church says about different things, looking at all of the different perspectives that our faith gives on a question helps us to make a determination that's not just practically oriented for the short term, but that's practically oriented for the long term. Now, on the other hand, when we look at the other thing that's necessary for, for making a good strategy, it's our ability to say no to good things. And this, of course, is, is a very, it's a big challenge for a lot of people because especially if you're a dreamer or if you're a cheerleader kind of person who's enthusiastic about things, you just hate to see good ideas die or good ideas go to waste. But we all know that our ability to focus and to, and to select the best path forward is essential if we're going to have any kind of real collaboration on our teams or get other people to really follow us convincingly. And that means that the ability to say no is actually our ability to say yes. The two go hand in hand. If you can't say no to something, 
it's almost a sure sign that you're not able to really say yes to anything. Because when you say yes to something, you're committing yourself and your resources with risk to the success of that endeavor. I mean, it's a glorious thing that's going to eventually lead you, well, to success, you hope. But on the other hand, we realize that you can't commit your resources to, to, to too many things, which means if I'm going to be able to say yes, I need to be able to say no. And that my ability to say no is actually necessary for my ability to say yes. And a good leader is the one who, who makes their their research and their consideration of the options that are possible be done in the light of the realism of the necessity to, con to, to commit X, Y, and Z given specific resources to that cause, right? That'll help so much to limit the overthinking and overanalysis that can, in fact, you know, a, a plague those who are good at considering, right? And it can help really to, to focus in our, our attention on the case at hand. I mean, practically put, it means that sometimes you just have to say, it's good enough, move on. Because the circumstances change so fast every day that sometimes the best decision is the next one. And I think it's neat to see how Christ in his grace helps us with this decision-making ability. Look at what he said to the first apostles. He said, follow me. <laughs> it was a yes or a no. He didn't say, think about it. He didn't say, both ways are good. He said, either come or don't. And in another spot, our Lord says, let your yes mean yes and your no mean no. Everything else is from the evil one. Uh, when St. Paul, St. Peter talks about the call and election of the, of the baptized, he says, let these things be permanent, brethren, right? Uh, um, there, there's a sense of the permanency of our, of our staying in Christ, where St. Paul tells us that the number one quality that we Christians need is the, is the ability to persevere to the end, faithful to Christ. All these things that that speak of the glory of making a decision, of committing ourselves in one certain way. They all speak to us also of the power, therefore, that we have to make choices and to cast a vision that isn't just pie in the sky from what we hope from our hearts, but that is realistic for, to achieve the goals that Christ has put before us. Leadership is about real vision. And real vision is about real focus and real choice in real time. Jesus is there to help us to make these decisions. And when we make these choices, we bear his influence in the world in more effective ways. Dare great things for Christ. Share your feedback with Father Nathan. Send us an email at info at stjohninstitute.org. That's info at stjohninstitute.org. And don't forget to subscribe to premium video content to form, unite, and inspire you at Eagle Eye Pro on our website, eagleeyeministries.org. That's eagleeyeministries.org.